0: $7.6 million. That's how much money a family located in Southern California pocketed by importing recyclables from the state of Arizona and cashing in on the redemption value. As the state of Arizona doesn't offer a recycling program like California, New York, among other states that do, a family saw fit to haul an astounding 178 tons of bottles and cans across the state line over the course of eight months Building an alarming profit off the illegal activity. As such, the prosecutors charge the family of eight with defrauding the California recycling program, as well as grand theft, and the family could face jail time of up to six years when all is said and done. So even that one point eight million is not enough to cover six years, huh? Seven point
1: six. Seven point six million. Wow. Well,
0: I mean, obviously, if they made that illegally, then it's it's. It belonged to the state anyway. That's... Uh, uh, yeah.
1: I have never heard of that happening before.
0: Well, evidently, it's actually quite common. So actually, according to the news article, there was another group of six who performed the same actions last year. Only these individuals managed to accrue over $10 million using the same defrauding scheme. And uh, actually, nearly 100 people have been found guilty of committing the same criminal activity in the previous decade. So... It's pretty common, actually.
1: Huh. So they just take like a whole bunch from another state and then
0: another state. Well, I mean, yeah, because okay, Arizona doesn't have that program. So they just take, you know, all the cans of bottles and go recycle because them it's, in the...
1: it's taxed correctly in a certain state. Therefore, you can't do it outside of that state.
0: Well, it's not even just that; it's that they actually have the program to um, that's actually being invested in. So, like, they actually allocate that money. Like, okay, we're going to allocate the five cents that goes on the receipt when you buy a soda. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to allocate that away, so that way you got you can return it. And if you don't, then that's just extra money that can go into the recycling program. I gotcha. Arizona doesn't have the allocation. California does, and people are defrauding them of that. They're taking advantage of it. Okay, that's so ridiculous. Now, just for fun, I did do a little math, you know, just to get a rough idea on how many individual bottles and cans they had over that eight-month stretch. And depending on the value of 5 or $0.10 cents per return— the family transported and recycled somewhere between 760,000 and 1.5 million cans and bottles. Coming from someone who has committed nothing more than a speeding ticket in my entire lifetime, I find that absolutely insane. <laughs>
1: Although you have accumulated like 30 bottles stacked up in your room, which is not yeah, a federal offense except North maybe it's your is wife. North just like but...
0: Arizona, so I mean we don't have that program. Yeah, no. <laughs> Well, this
1: next one here is not exactly fraudulent, uh, although I guess you could say in a sense it's connected in that way. Um, But this is kind of ironic thing that happened this past week. So Tim Cook was applying for an Apple card, but the system made by Apple, owned by the information Tim Cook, rejected Tim Cook. (laughs) And the reason for this is that as a CEO, Tim Cook's account could be a chief target for crazy conniving charlatans. Mm. So the aforementioned system made by Apple, owned by Tim Cook, had to be overrided so the CEO could receive a super solid sweet Apple card. Savvy? (laughs) That is insane. Wow. It is uh, really funny. And honestly, the article that I read this from, and I'm sure many others were definitely making jokes about this, you know, moderately or kind of. Underlying uh, in the text, if you will. Um, but it just something to laugh at because it just got rejected by his own company.
0: <laughs> and I'm betting that a CEO of a two plus trillion dollar company doesn't have a credit limit. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. He's got cash to back it all up. So. Oh,
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. And I'm sure his credit score is well... Uh, well and down, Into but millions. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm yeah, just that's even possible. But
0: you can only get eight hundred and I think twenty or something like that. So
1: yeah, that's uh that's your uh, interesting other piece of information.
0: Yeah, that is fun for this week. Like, I mean, you have to think about it. It may. I mean, like you said, it makes sense, but it's also humorous that he <laughs> was declined. So, yep. not too much of. A major piece of news that is unless you are still using a smartphone from about a decade ago, which according to statistics from Google is only about 1% of you. So I was actually hesitant to put this on the show, but I did find it a little nostalgic and kind of ironic as well. Sure. But they will no longer be supporting Google Play services on Android 4.4.4, aka KitKat. (laughs) I did see that. So to put that into perspective for some of you, one, we are about to be on Android 14, in the fall release, as well as the Galaxy Note 4, which is also my first Android phone, came pre-installed with Android KitKat, and I bought that in the fall of 2014. So kind of gives you an idea about how old that, Operating system is, or at least that version of Android is. So,
1: yeah, I actually did uh, read that uh, article a little bit. Um, I wasn't terribly shocked because, I mean, it is well over 10 years, and I feel like you just can't, you don't have enough finances to support that type of I was,
0: I was actually shocked in the sense that it was still, that being it was supported. still, yeah, I know. I right. was like, that's
1: a long time because usually, I mean, what we read an article about Apple, what was it, iPhone? five or four that there wouldn't be an app store on it or maybe it was an ipad i can't remember but there was something
0: um oh like the app services actually shut down and yes you actually do anything and i th- out. Yes. think it was for yeah, ios
1: I, mean, okay. I can't remember what ios it was but Six, it, yeah but that five or something like that. something like that but i mean that's still pretty fair when you're when you're you know looking at it
0: i mean 10 years my goodness that's not <laughs> that, yeah that's it is pretty impressive so but yeah, it uh it will be capped off at version twenty three point thirty point nine nine. So much of this is just due to feature limitations that four point four point four creates for future updates. So they just can't. Guess
1: you could say that uh, those phones are taking a break from that update. <laughs> <laughs> Got All right, Riley. Thank you, JD. All right. Um moving on here we do have some rumors from apparent sources that suggest that the next Nintendo switch is going to be released in mid 2024 um I can't remember exactly what we said last time because there is very kind of shoddy info on this very little yes. bit of it yes. um as to what it will look like or how it perform who knows once again However, the CEO himself has come out and said that essentially he wants the next switch to have more efficient ways of transferring your previous switch data to the next one. Um, so I guess that's the plus side of all of this. Um, and I don't know what necessarily would tell, but the first thing I actually thought of um, was when you have your both iPhones, the new one and the old ones together, and it immediately registers it and knows which one it is, or like knows mm-hmm. which one it needs to transfer to. Um So that could be something that Nintendo picks up. Maybe it's some other kind of data transfer. I don't know how that would work, but at least that's one good thing that's coming out of this that we're seeing here. Again, as to any other information, very little right now, so.
0: Well, they did say that future consoles would transfer better because it's all going to be based on the eShop. Oh, yeah. Okay. I think I did see that. I, th- I think because a lot of that is going to be linked with your account, with your Nintendo account, I'm hoping that that's another way that they can kind of pull down and actually transfer that easier as mm-hmm. well. So it kind of depends. Uh, I mean, your way, you know, could theoretically work too. I don't know. I guess it would really just depend on which one's faster. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I would agree. But obviously, if there is more, we'll we'll keep you guys updated
0: on whatever there is. But it was kind of funny because when you said like that's a plus side, I was thinking, oh, wait, maybe they'll say it's like the Nintendo Plus. But then that would be a bigger screen. So Uh, once again, nothing out of the ordinary and we're not even going to spend that much time on this one. But Peacock prices are increasing this month on August 17th. From 4.99 to 5.99 for the base plan, and from 9.99 to 11.99 for their Premium Plus plan. So, wow, a one and two dollar price increase right there. So, again, I have, we haven't actually had a chance to get the uh, 29th debatable episode online yet, but uh, we kind of discussed the Spotify and how they're increasing their prices. So, this is just—it's nothing new. It's just letting you guys know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't really use Peacock. The only time I actually was uh, tempted to use Peacock was when someone was trying to get me to watch The Office, so.
1: Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Samsung has finally added student ID in Samsung Wallet for the US, and this actually allows for easy access around campuses, buying food, access to library and events, uh, and a whole other plethora of things. Uh, for those interested, we will list the steps because there's they're quite intricate. Um, but we'll list the descri- those in the description so you can kind of look back on them if you intend to use uh, student ID and Samsung wallet. So, Well,
0: that's kind of exciting. Um, I didn't think that was like necessarily a, a big th- surprise. I would have thought that that would have been already part of a lot of the mobile platforms. Well, you, you got to
1: think um- – I originally thought exactly what you just said, and then I realized Samsung is a company held in Korea, and there are many companies that have yet to release other things in foreign countries that are here in the U.S. Yeah, so, and I, I mean, you might, again, it is kind of like, man, it took a while, but I mean, they, they've been slowly releasing those in other countries as
0: well, so it's kind of understandable. I get that. I mean, it, it, but it would surprise me, though, just because I feel like the U.S. is like a massive customer when it comes True. to Samsung products, but that's that's just some speculation on my end. So, but uh, back in April, Google launched a beta release for Nearby Share, specifically for PC. Uh, just recently in July, they released its first public version for PC, and I personally can't say that Nearby Share is as seamless as AirDrop. Mm-hmm. But as someone who uses Windows about five days of the week, it's it's actually a welcome feature that they're offering. So I'm accepting of it.
1: Yeah. I figured, um, like you said, with the previous topic, I feel like that should have already been a thing. Um, <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> I mean, they already had the whole entire PC link with windows and, and you can do it with your Android. So the fact that nearby, right. They were never actually part of that. You figured Google would, have I done mean,
1: it is a, it is different kind of platforms. So I don't know. I guess you could argue either way. It just seems like they would have already kind of, kind of figured that out by now but that is great to hear though at least there's a a lot more connectability uh, in that so yeah Yeah. Uh, google maps version 11.9 has been released for android auto and there's actually a new sideboard on the left side consisting of settings some controls map orientation and volume and finally we now have that long lost ability of using your phone while in android auto uh jd i know you had some clumps with this and for good reason i'd be frustrated yeah. too if i could not use my iphone while using carplay so it's not good either way
0: no yeah you're right that was definitely a really frustrating schism there when i could not plug that android in and be like hey let me get some direction here and yet unplug it every dang time so
1: yeah for sure um, i did use android auto and i actually really enjoyed it a lot yeah and uh
0: this is actually still being
1: rolled out so some of you may get this update right now some of you may have to wait a bit regardless it will be good to get some added feature designs to android auto so
0: yeah i mean it's not like android auto actually needs any major refresh i feel like what they have no. is really nice i mean even you said that android auto kind of has a depending on the preference kind of has a better feel than apple carplay kind of it just depends. i
1: prefer it over carplay actually yeah, I, so I, yeah. I
0: mean, I, I I don't really think they need to go haywire with adjusting everything, but some small minor tweaks probably yeah couldn't hurt a whole lot. Refinement so. is good at every now and then. But yeah, you said that was eleven point nine. Yep, eleven point nine. Cool. Well, you guys can be on the lookout for that one and we will move on to messages. So another item on the dock is that Google is stealing a page from iMessage and allowing you to pin up to five conversations at the top of the app for quick access. Huh. Okay. Uh, I'm not really sure about you, Riley, but I have utilized all nine spots that are available on, in iMessage because- I have I mean, It's just so convenient to- It is absolutely- those, contacts at the top i 100
1: agree with you um it's made I, I guess not like super effective but it's made my day-to-day living a little bit more easier just to see like my main contacts um
0: well because they always stay in that position because right and then grid and exactly. You know exactly where everyone is
1: yeah those are the yeah. ones that you kind of contact more often than not uh yeah that's great and I'm, i guess you know I want to say Google copies all the time, but sometimes their copies are necessary. I mean, exactly. I think there's and vice versa. Yeah. I think there's like two different types of like copying copycatting is like one where it's like, okay, you definitely did that just because the other person did that. And then there's like, you did that. The other person did that. But I think it, it's a good kind
0: of it's necessary. I think there's a certain trend to it. Yeah. That almost every manufacturer needs to get on board with, Mm -hmm. regardless of who initiated it. Yes, 100% agree with that So, yeah, Yeah. I I feel like adding a few more would have been nice, but the fact that Google is allowing you to do this at all is certainly a nice little bonus in the overall messaging experience. So, Mm -hmm. also on a side note, we may be getting the addition of satellite SMS emergency service with the public release of Android 14 here in the fall when the Pixel 8 and 8 Pro make their debut. So- Evidently, yeah, it is great. Evidently, there are already some Samsung phones and obviously Pixel phones that currently support this. Uh, The Android operating system Hmm. simply doesn't offer it yet. So the ability to do it has been kind of actually dormant for the time being.
1: Yeah, again, that's one of those things where it's like, that's necessary
0: um for well more i mean it users. is i mean we've we've gone through quite a few topics here about you know how stories it's people's lives yes, and stuff like that and so i think important. it's 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 one of those standards that needs to just be level on the, on the on the entire playing field
1: yeah yeah 100% agree with you right there when they originally released that for apple i was like
0: good on you that's absolutely i all there it. i mean it's yeah. one necessary item to have kind of curious how it's going to Work Because, I mean, obviously, we know how to do it on iOS. Kind of curious if it's going to be like exactly similar as far as setting up the SMS emergency mm-hmm. satellite or if there's going to be some other process to it. So we'll, we'll have to see. see.
1: Yeah. Now, this is not a major piece of news. However, T-Mobile users will be losing a perk that many probably don't even use to this day, uh, Title. A music streaming service will not be free to use uh, to premium plan users starting this September 1st starting August 1st existing users will be given a link directly to title to start their own billing cycle to be honest I hardly knew of title I've seen it here and there but I've never even used it so I really can't speak on the quality of this platform but uh, for those who have we wanted to give you a fair warning before it's no longer free to uh, you premium users so
0: yeah, I assume that that's probably more for the higher end plans that T-Mobile offers that yep. would include that title. So yes. uh, we actually have the Magenta Max plan, so I'm assuming we would be far more than I would have had to have had it, yeah. Um, on that note, though, I was kind of a little bummed to hear that because I didn't even know that that was an offering. That's unfortunate. <laughs> Not that, now here's the thing. I am inundated with countless music streaming apps.
1: Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah,
0: Spotify, YouTube Music, Apple Music, just, just to name three. I have used Tidal uh, because they have that, you know, I think it's like a $1 or a $3 per month promo thing, and I've tried it out, and it seemed nice. The only reason why I would actually continue using it, if it, especially if it came free, was because it's actually built in as the music service for Plex. Uh. Not many people know what that is because Netflix... Hulu, Disney+, et cetera, et cetera, are the, you know, the big dogs. But for us who own our own content and we kind of like to stream it to our own locations. Uh, yeah, that's what they use. Hmm. So if And Plex is really cool. And I don't, I don't know if you actually noticed this because uh, Riley, you do use it. When you're on Plex and you watch like an episode or a movie and you scroll down, it'll actually show you all the songs that are in that movie or TV show. Oh, that's actually pretty cool. And they use Title as the music service to play it. Oh. So that is why I would have loved to have used title. Um, just because it would make it so much easier. Now, if they had used Apple Music or YouTube Music, or whatever, I wouldn't really care. But it's kind of a bummer though that they're they're taking that away. And I mean, I think the problem is, and not to yammer on and on here, I think the problem is, is that there is so many perks with T-Mobile. You don't really know what you're missing out on. Oh, we didn't even know there was a Paramount plan, a
1: free one for a yeah. year until last Paramount year. Paramount plan, and we've had T-Mobile Magenta Max for like what two years now? Two or three. Two or three. Years or three. Now, yeah. Um. Yeah. And actually, I didn't even know about Title until um I enjoy DJing as a hobby. Um, just messing around, yeah. and on uh Serato, that's a DJing software. They actually allow you to use Title if you want to get your music there, mm. um, so you pay a okay. subscription through Serato, and I think even um, a couple others, uh, maybe what's it called, Rebox. I forget what it's called, but there are even some DJ apps that you can mess around with. That actually, allow you to use Title as well, uh, and
0: fu- that's really cool. Yeah,
1: fun fact by the way. I don't know. Do you remember? Do you know who actually founded Title? No, Jay Z.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I don't know how much you know about Jay-Z, but I mean.
0: I mean, I know enough of him. I don't know him like. Yeah. I don't follow him like people follow the Kardashians. So
1: he's. uh, But yeah, that is interesting. So, yeah, that's title. Um, But again, you will be reminded by an SMS uh, that you can start your own billing cycle of title if you so choose to do. So,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, I think they even offer a year of AAA membership as well as T-Mobile <laughs> offers too. So so it's many like insane. I just, and there's even they really they really just need to list out everything. Like here's what we offer, and here's what you can you know jump in on, even if it's just like a promo. Yeah,
1: uh, I feel charity. like this could be a topic in and of itself. But there's even like certain discounts that you can use through T-Mobile, like on the uh, T-Mobile Tuesday Shop gas station. Um, yeah, gas station. Um, Little Caesars pizza. Just a whole plethora of things. Hotels, airlines, a lot of stuff. And I feel like people aren't necessarily aware of that. And they wonder why it's so expensive each month. But that's where the money's
0: going to, I mean, ultimately. And yet it's still either right in line or sometimes it has been actually cheaper than Verizon. So depends. Well quite impressive. It
1: depends on if you're doing the um With Verizon, I believe it's actually um, cheaper if you're doing multiple people in a lot like multiple lines than it is with T-Mobile. So um, although I could be wrong about that.
0: But But in uh, past rumors, we knew all about the action button, which debuted on the Watch Ultra, uh, which would surface on the iPhone 15 Pros. But now we have more direct insight into what exactly is mappable as up to this point, it's been mere guesswork. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to Steve Moser, who is well-known for going through Apple's coding across their operating systems, you should be able to map the action button to one of the nine options. Accessibility, silent mode, shortcuts, which gives you plenty of access to various functions on your phone in that option alone. Yeah. Uh, camera, flashlight, focus modes, uh, magnifier, translate, and voice memo. So- Uh, These mappable options were revealed in the coding for iOS 17. Uh, Now, of course, Apple could alter this at any time, but for the moment, it looks to be a reasonable number of items to choose from for what you want your action button to do on the fall debut of the 15 Pros. So I can't really argue with any of those. No. I don't really wish there was anything else on there, really. Yeah,
1: I actually did see the article, and I feel like I was very well satisfied with what they were giving you. Yeah, Uh, I actually am pretty excited for the camera one because with Android, just double click that power button and you can camera power. So with this, it's a little more easier to access that. But uh, yeah, this is great if it if it does do if it if it do good, if it do good, this will be great if it actually does come to fruition. So,
0: yeah, yeah. And if it's actually refined as we hope it would be. So,
1: yep. Um, Bezalus displays has been a dream for most phone users, I think. Uh, to not have to look at the unpixelated part of the screen, but now it looks like it could become a reality. Hmm. According to Mac Rumors, Apple has allegedly asked suppliers for bezel-less displays. Uh, these suppliers are LG and Samsung, and uh, evidently the supposed time that Apple would be releasing this phone with bezel-less displays would be the iPhone 17 Pro in 2025. Uh, now we know that the bezels on this year's model, uh, this year's upcoming model will be a lot thinner than the 14 series.
0: Yes. Yep. So it's
1: clear that Apple is trying to obtain that perfect screen. And to be honest, in my opinion, it's likely that this set date could actually be plausible, all things considered. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on this?
0: Uh, I guess my thought first thought would be is does the article say specifically which model? Because that sounds like an ultra type of feature. Or is it going to actually come it to be? It said face? Pro. Pro. Okay. So, yeah, yep. that makes sense. Um, bezel-less iPhones. Weird thing to think about, right? It is. I assume it's going to be flat. So, the only thing that's actually. Yeah, the article even said,
1: uh, suggests that the Apple would never even be able to do that just because it could be distorted or it could mess with the display. Yes. So. Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay. So. The only thing you would actually be touching on the top would either be the chassis or the screen. Yep. There wouldn't be any, you know, like you said, unpixelated areas. Correct. Um, There's even a picture I think I got from Twitter. You know, we, we've actually kind of brushed over this in the past. And all I could say is I really don't necessarily care about that. Really? And Not that I hate it or love it. Now, yes, I don't like thick bezels, but I would say that where my 13 Pro is at right now, it doesn't really bother me that much because honestly, the curvature of the case is enough to kind of take care of that. And so there's only a little bit noticeable on each side. That's just me Um, to take away the bezel completely. It's cool.
1: I think it's a goal that most manufacturers have tried to obtain.
0: Yes, I, I totally agree with you there. I think the only issue that I would have is it would depend on, and I'm contemplating, it would depend on whether or not Apple did this intentionally after a period of time. So it wasn't their first thing that they thought of when maybe the iPhone 10 came out or even the 13 or whatever. Sure, yeah. And I'm thinking of this because the smaller the bezels you have on the phone the more likely you are to use the sides to hold it. If you're more inclined to use the sides, the higher the likelihood you could actually drop the phone. So you need to wait until the chassis is light enough so it's not like weighing down your hand. And this is especially true with the Pro Max because the phone is so dang huge. And I've actually had a, a friend that I talked to about this and, and he's a like over a six foot tall dude with huge hands and everything. He was like, the Pro Max is just too heavy, which is why the transition of 14 Pro to 15 Pro of stainless steel to titanium is so key. Huh. And I mean, who knows? Maybe this is why Apple decided to actually add flat edges back to the design because it was easier to handle. And if you're going to make the bezel smaller, then you got to have a better grip. Okay, yeah. I, I took you around a wide yeah, there, that's, but that's t- kind of what I'm thinking <laughs> I got, I was trying to figure where you were going with that. Then, then
1: I finally understood, yeah, that, that actually makes a whole lot of sense because like we know that Apple is looking at huge two or three years, they already know what they're going to be making. Yep. So yes. this theory yes. is actually very plausible and, um, yeah, and they're probably already going to be taking even more off for next year's model. And then obviously if this article is saying it's true, um, be completely bezel-less in 2025. So Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of all speculation for now. I mean, we don't really know exactly, exactly. But Yeah,
0: it is. I mean, we get to have some fun here and kind of theorize, you know, what it would look like, uh, which, I mean, it, there's not much to th- – there's not really much to think about with bezel I mean, there's the side chassis, which is either going to be aluminum, titanium, or stainless steel, uh, which, obviously, with iPhone Pros, it's going to be titanium. And, uh, and based on the image that's in the description below – it looks, it's gonna be a really weird way to describe it. It looks naked. That's that is the way I was actually gonna say it. It,
1: it looks off putting, not in a bad way. It just looks so unnatural. Here,
0: here's the reason why it looks so naked it feels like I have two pair of eyes in that black bar that are staring at me, and the rest of the body is naked. <laughs> if that, if that island wasn't there yes i don't know if i would really care as much but it looks really funky at least mm-hmm. the renders i mean obviously this is just something you know cooked up on software base but uh yeah that is pretty interesting and i'm like i said it's not it's really not a deal breaker for me as long as it's not i mean we've kind of gotten past the point of two thick bezels
1: yeah see honestly i feel like they should have kept the notch I, I feel like the dynamic island without those bezels it feels like almost distant, like disconnected from the phone itself.
0: It um, looks like it was an afterthought,
1: right? Without and, bezels, yeah. But now imagine that with the notch on it, it feels a little more, more sensible. Um, unless maybe you view this a different way,
0: and I, I'm going I'm gonna actually pose this to you because I'm curious: is that because you feel, or is that because the Notch has been around for the past three or four years. It's something that you're used to, or do you just feel like because it's coming down from the top, it just kind of fits in? I will admit that that probably could be a partial reason why. And I mean, the the, the main true end goal here with this whole bezel Notch is they're going to eventually take away the island.
1: Yeah. It's a transition period. Uh,
0: I think the only thing that will be there for quite a while is going to be the pinhole. Yes. And then even then, by the time technology actually re- reaches its full potential on under-display cameras, you will actually have full, true 100% screen-to-body ratios. So,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. But uh, moving back to actually T-Mobile, they're rolling out something called four-carrier aggregation. Uh, it could also be labeled as four-channel aggregation on their 5G standalone service. Essentially, they're merging two channels of 2.5 GHz running ultra-capacity 5G, one channel of 1,900 MHz, and another channel at 600 MHz, all of which are on the sub-6 GHz spectrum and routing them into one. Hmm. Now, what exactly does that mean for all of you who don't care to hear the technical jargon? Faster speeds. We are seeing reports of 3.3 gig download speeds. And for the consumers out there, those who are using the S23 Ultra, you will be among the first to enjoy this turbocharged service from T-Mobile. So that is incredible. 3.3 gigs is insane. I can't even get barely a gig where I live with uh, Charter. I think they offer like 900 something. <laughs> this is
1: actually funny. Um, And I'll, I'll respond to this whole thing, but... Um, was it Friday I was at work and I was looking through a file a filing cabinet and because it's right next to my workstation and there was a folder in there that had old floppy disks from early 2000s and on the back it said like 1.3 megabytes yes how far we've come to now three gigs is like I mean, because like to people, it's probably like, oh, that's that's just another number. That's always gonna get bigger. But if you really like think about it, it's just incredible. It's insane. Um I mean to speak to this directly,
0: that's I'm I'm just fascinated. You can argue with, with it. You can't you can't no, be upset with it. I mean, it's 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 actually all. very impressive that they're trying to find this way to, you know, aggregate four channels into one. And provide this across the sub six gigahertz spectrum. I mean, I'm just like, wow, that is crazy. Now, obviously, I uh it there are certain phones, like I said, with the S23 Ultra being the first one that will have access to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean eventually this is gonna hit a wide uh stream of of smartphones out there. So yeah. One thing, and I'll actually cause I know I'm sure there's gonna be some people out there that were thinking this, so I'll speak on their behalf. When you were talking about floppy disks. Uh, I'm sure they were thinking, well, Riley, I don't know if you realize this or not, but there used to be a whole room full of computer technology that probably only took up kilobits. Yep. Oh, I'm aware of that. (laughs) Oh yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I was just mentioning about that specifically. Even my boss was asking me when I brought them to him, he was like, do you know what this is? And I said, yeah, they're floppy disks. Um, but I even know back of like for NASA computers when they launched the original rocket, uh, for Apollo 11, I think it was like huge computers that took up and I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, and that was like very minor, um, disk space. Data. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So <laughs> small. And even, um, I don't know if you know this YouTuber. His name is Odd Ones Out. Uh, his real name is, um, James. And, um, uh, he was talking about, um, you know, the internet in the 1990s. Yeah. And he was saying how the disks, like the speed at which you're able to get stuff was like super small. It was so slow that, yes. like, it was actually connected to a landline. So if your landline was being used, you couldn't even use your internet. And that's where the whole right, internet yes, sound yep. comes in from. Um, which obviously I wasn't a nineties kid, uh, JD was, so I don't
0: really have that Absolutely. experience. I remember that. Yes. I remember like, you know, we had to get off the computer if mom had to make a call or something like that. So it was, I remember Pretty that crazy was my, to think about. yes, that was my nostalgia right there. Um, it kind of funny. And I was actually thinking about also when you're mentioning that I was thinking of the Macintosh computer and how you yes. actually had to insert the disc to actually just have all access to one right. program at a time. So it really is impressive. I mean, we're talking about, you know, internet connection on a cell, cellular platform, um, but to just kind of contemplate how, you know, transfers and data storage and how far we've come is really impressive. So um, now they also plan to reach 320 million people here in the States with their ultra capacity 5G service before the end of this year. So That's leaving a little over three and a half percent without 5G UC coverage, so it's really impressive. I know now I know that's about let's see 320, that's about 11 or 12 million, so that's not like a small number, but I mean, that's that's in comparison to like the entirety, that's right, they're they're dwindling down people that don't have you know 5G access, so and this is 5G UC,
1: right? Yeah, um, X users. just saying that sounds completely weird, are limited to only dark mode as the CEO Elon Musk says that it is better in every way.
0: Is it really? Is it?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Last week, Musk was in the process of changing the Twitter logo and name to X across all mobile platforms. However, Apple had to give him a big halt. According to their terms and service, an app name cannot have less than two characters so obviously this hindered Twitter from actually changing its name. However, just the other day, Apple cut Elon some slack and made an exception for Twitter. This is actually why many Apple users like myself were so confused as to why the logo had not changed just yet. Yeah. So um two crazy things happening. uh, And I'll, I'll even name one more here and we'll kind of just go with it because it's, it's meta and Twitter and everything is just crazy right now. Because of this whole ex-shenanigan thing, people are actually selling their iPhones with the original Twitter logo from $800 to upwards of $25,000. You can tell just how sour some people are if they're willing to pay that much just to keep the original app icon. And usually with Apple, when they get rid of an app from the App Store, if it was still installed in someone's phone, it's not permanently deleted unless that user gets rid of it themselves. Uh, so, for example, when Apple had Fortnite, um, or there, I think there was even another one, there was a um, Flappy Bird. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep, and people are selling that for, like, five... Uh, yeah. So, like, an example, uh, people were selling... When Flappy Bird was, you know, being rid of, uh, people were selling their iPhones for 5000 actually still had Flappy Bird on it. So this is not necessarily a new thing, but obviously with no. Twitter it's just like, yeah, people are very serious about it. Um so yeah, out of all these three things, I don't know. You just pick and choose what you want to talk about, man, because I'm I'm all ears right now.
0: Dark mode, I don't necessarily think I care. Uh I think there's some people that leave dark mode on their iPhones the entire time. I do. Yeah, so, yeah, you do. There you go. So like, I don't think that's necessarily, I have it set to sunset sunrise. So mm-hmm. I don't think I, I see the controversy in that just because people are like, well, I actually do like the lighter mode because you know, the text shows up better, better. My eyes yeah. or whatever. I don't know. It's, 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 you know, it's preference. The character limit. That's kind of funny. Like you, I was surprised. I, I didn't actually think that was going to go through. I saw the article. I was like, "Oh, bummer! Musk is going to be <laughs> xed out. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna be ticked." Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it, I Apple's not one to budge on their policies. It is rare you will ever see that happen, and this is one of those extremely rare instances where they were like, "Okay, we'll let you have it." Um, I don't. I'm not sure if there was money under the table that. <laughs> <laughs> went with that or what but yeah um and then the whole entire iphone thing and actually that always has has kind of uh puzzled me um so do they actually just like reset the phone set it up install the app sign out of their account and then sell it is that how that works i don't know because i'm like i uh, it is weird. the other thing is you would have to make sure that Auto apps updates are turned off, and then when you receive the phone, make sure you don't turn it back on, because if it auto-updates, then that icon is gone, and you just spent like Precisely. way more than you ever should have or it's, needed to in the first place. It's
1: just, like, way too much effort for just one minuscule thing. Honestly, I'm not a huge fan of that whole X thing, but I am not willing to pay a dollar, a
0: cent, just to keep the original app. I mean, it's like... Fortnite, I get, I get Fortnite. Flappy Bird, I didn't think that was, I think that was overrated. Fortnite, that was a whole different story, and I was actually on their their side with that. But as far as this, yeah, I I don't, I couldn't see people spending that much just for a dang icon. That's ludicrous.
1: Yeah, and out of these three topics, the one one thing I will say regarding the character limit is that I feel like Elon really can't complain anymore if uh, Apple keeps charging them 30% of their revenue. Because um, it's like, they did that, so now it's like...
0: Yeah. This is what you have to deal with, you gotta like... Are they, are, are, are we entering the godfather role here between these two major companies? <laughs> you know, it's... And, and
1: this is why I think Elon has specifically tried to, you know, charge more people on Twitter. Just for, like, anything, pretty much. just because he doesn't want to have to pay that much, I guess... That thirty percent from Apple, um, it's almost kind of petty, I think, and it's
0: yeah, it is petty on a certain level. It's also thinking about how much he invested, in it. and we've talked about that before. But it's there is a lot that you know is calculated into it, and um, I wouldn't disagree with you that it's petty. Mm-hmm. But there, there's just <sighs> choose the lesser of two evils. We we should charge. We should make a list of topics that could literally take an hour and of themselves. I feel like Netflix would be one of them. Musk <laughs> and Twitter would be another. Yeah. Uh, I would use. I would. What I would have said in the past: iPhone and USB C. But that's a thing of yesteryear. Um, <laughs> yeah. We'll actually hit on that later on in the episode. But um, yeah. Moving back to another carrier, uh, Verizon, aka Big Red. They are joining in on the fall action for Sunday Ticket. Hmm. According to latest reports, they have struck a deal with YouTube TV and the Leatherhead League to offer Sunday Ticket for free or for at least a discount, depending on your preferences. Interesting. As always, the fine print is important. Yes, it is interesting. Uh, To briefly break it down, and I'll spare you the misery because this white man can't dance. But uh, we'll begin with new customers first. So, if you sign up for a new Unlimited Plus mobile line and purchase a select smartphone, you will be eligible. You will be eligible for access to Sunday Ticket. Such smartphones stem from Samsung, Google, and Motorola. They include the S twenty three series models, Flip five and Fold four, Pixel seven, seven Pro, and Pixel Fold, as well as the Motorola Edge Plus. So. Get those phones, that eligible line, Uh, the existing customers. You can also jump in on the action with those select models and that mobile plan. Or you can even just shave off $100 from the starting price through Verizon Play Plus starting August 11th. Hmm. So uh, you can actually also achieve free access if you jump on board with the Verizon Home Internet service as well through select plans. So they've given you a lot of options. Albeit the unlimited plus plan is no walk in the park for your wallet, but you know if, if, if you plan on getting that line that plan anyway, you might as well jump in. If so. the
1: perks on the plan are worth your expense, then it it's I would say it's probably fair price. Uh, but if you're not really wanting a whole lot of those perks, then it wouldn't be really worth it that much to you. So
0: yeah, because I think the that one starts at like ninety dollars. If I'm not mistaken, somewhere close to that.
1: Yeah, if and then obviously, if you add multiple lines, it lowers the price, but even still, that's a top... Like you said, it's a top tier, so...
0: Yeah, so... Or if you're not even a football fan, or specifically NFL fan, then I can totally understand that, so...
1: But, uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and move on to deals here. The first one we got here is the Samsung 14-inch Galaxy Book 3 Pro, uh, and this is the thir- with the 13th Gen and Core i7. So, depending on which storage... Uh, version you get if you get the 512 it's 21% off which brings it down from $1,449 to 1149 however you get the terabyte uh, it's 24% off Whoa. going from 1649 to 1249 so yeah. that terabyte one is pretty good if you're really considering the um
0: it's only $100 more
1: yeah, and then if it's if you get the 16 inch, it's uh 23 off. So that's still,
0: still quite a bit off. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, because that gives you like a 3K AMOLED screen yep. running at 120 hertz. So, uh, fingerprint reader, I like it. Yeah, uh, I believe that's last year's model, isn't it? Yes. That was, uh, yeah, we I think we talked about that briefly on the Samsung event recap uh, last year. So we did. Yep. Uh, for earbuds, Sennheiser Momentum True Wireless 3 earbuds, uh, they see a discount of up to 40%, down from 280 to 180. So, as you might guess from the pricing, it sports ANC, of course, mm-hmm. uh, multi point connectivity, IPX4, and a 28 hour battery life. Uh, I'm, obviously, that's going to be with the case. So, uh, with 280, because I mean, like, what the. AirPods Pro 2s are 250 I believe, so I think so, yeah. you can definitely tell that's in the premium lo- range. Or let me rephrase that. That's in the consumer premium range. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because obviously there are more expensive buds than that. Uh, the one thing to note is that the black variant is the model that will get you the highest discount with that 40%, whereas the graphite and white model will see closer to like a 30% discount, so that'll be closer to 200
1: It's one of those things where we talked about with like black just doesn't show up as easier when you're looking for a device. But, you know, that discount, I guess, is worth
0: it at the end. (laughs) I mean, if you're digging the Batman's colors, let's go for it. Now, getting back to uh, the finale news here, kind of, this is kind of one that I saved for closer to the end of the show, because even though we don't have a whole lot to go on as of now concerning this topic, I did find it impressive enough to hold it off towards the end. So we are seeing rumors surface regarding the Korean giant Samsung as they have aspirations to join in on another type of fitness tracker, but it's not necessarily one that has gained a lot of traction. Samsung has plans to enter the ring market and provide some competition against the likes of Aura and Ultra Human Ring. Rumors suggest that ECG and PPG are among the potential features that could be included in the fitness tracker. And could also include Samsung's sleep tracking model that we've seen in their watch lineup. So, okay. uh, I'm kind of curious what you're thinking about this because I'm surprisingly quite a big fan of fitness rings. Yeah. Not a big fan of their subscription service, especially with Aura and the pricing, but I would really like to see them get a more mainstream attraction. Uh, Honestly, this is one of the newer things
1: for me. I think I've seen this a little bit, but um I don't know. I guess it could be valuable for a lot of people so that way they wouldn't have to drag it. If they're I mean, I guess it really depends. Like right if you if you use an Apple Watch or if you use a Galaxy Watch, you don't need the ring, but if you're person who use a Fitbit a lot, but you don't want to carry that around, then I think a ring would work a little bit better.
0: Yeah, I think I like the compact design of a ring because actually this was noted in the article, but it's also something that I had already thought of. Uh, it allows me to actually enjoy just wearing a conventional watch. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which I know that's not a niche for everyone, but for me it is, and I, I really do enjoy that. Uh, sometimes I just actually do want to take off my Apple Watch. The counterpoint to that is the Apple Watch is so well integrated into the ecosystem that to replace it with a ring is kind of challenging. So the way, the fix around that I could see this potentially going, and this is nothing to do with the rumors, this is me actually, you know, visualizing this. If there was a way that the ring could subtly vibrate on your finger for like with my nothing phone for essential notifications. That way you could at least say, oh, I have a message on my phone. Let me check it. Hmm. I know that takes away from some of the, you know, voice commands and responses that you can make on your watch. But at least you would know like okay there's something important on my phone let me check it it's for that select amount of
1: people that don't want to have to have the watch but want something small more compact like you were saying as uh, with the vibration I don't know I think the technology is there I just don't know how necessarily to implement it I
0: don't the, know yeah and, and 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 the problem they're already having is is that the rings are already becoming too thick as it is I mean, like thicker than regular rings
1: so yeah
0: yeah i I still actually do want to try out the o ring um, just because I think it, I think it has its place in the market. Do you know how much it is? Um, they're like 350.
1: Whew, okay. <laughs> I mean, that makes sense, but it's like, wow. Oh, you're thinking they were smaller. A little right. bit less. I miss they
0: may be like 200. Okay. Here's the thing. You pay for the ring and then you have to pay a subscription for the fitness services. So it's almost like you're back into the Fitbit, but on an extremely high level. Because they barely give you anything. Like, you you really can't even use the ring unless you have a subscription. It's basically what happens. Okay, so there's the Heritage model, which is 300. And then there's Horizon, which is 350. Hmm, okay. So Heritage has more of a... uh, So the Heritage kind of looks as though, like, some sort of jewel is supposed to be on top. But it kind of flattens out. And then the Horizon is, is smooth the entire way around the ring. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, I really want if if there was one and I've said this about other products, if there was one company that could really pull this off and make it a mainstream product, it would be Samsung. I mean, this is a company that has pretty much bet their lives on the foldable and they're killing it. Well, not even just foldables.
1: They bet their lives on gimmicks in general. I mean, we've said it before. That's one of the things that I wouldn't say they've mastered at, but they definitely be a, a pro. Uh, at least in in yeah. mainstream devices, they're so to take chances they are, and it's it's done well for them, honestly. And I don't doubt that they could actually really pull this stuff easier, and maybe even make it cheaper and better than ors It's it's very possible because Aura is just a company that just makes rings. Samsung has had a lot of opportunities to make a lot of different devices, so they and have experience. Yeah. Exactly, and yeah. people and will and trust and like, them,
0: like you said. They're they're willing to dump a lot of money into the R and D and get another product going. Great. And I, th- I really do. I believe that this fitness tracker has a place in the market. I really do. Yeah. Um, and it's, and it, depending on how thick it actually gets, um, if it stays within reason, it's such a subtle tracker. It really is. Almost scary in some ways, but it's really cool, and um, it'd kind of be funny because I could just theorize a man and a woman being like, "Ooh, let's buy aura rings for our wedding bands." <laughs> Someone's done it. I promise you, someone has. If not, yeah. that I'm gonna be upset if someone hasn't. Well, the fact that they come in silver, black, stealth, gold, rose gold—it's just like it's does not. It would not surprise me at all. So yeah totally but in either case for now there's still a lot unknown about this device uh and the timeline suggests that we could be waiting till 2025 maybe 2024 if we're lucky uh samsung's original plan was to have this device available this year but with many complications one such relating to other matters interconnected with apple um they are on a bit of a delay so Hmm. all in all Time will tell if these rumors lead to the final product. So I'm actually excited about this one. I really am. I really hope that this... I'm going to ask you this question. Okay. And I'm going to say no. Do you think this is something Apple will ever do? No. I, I just don't... I, I I don't really... They're not one... It's not like them. For one thing, it, for one thing they're not one for redundancy. Because I feel like a yes. ring could see the side of redundancy and that would eat... It. Now, you'll argue, anybody could argue... That Well, they have a lot of redundancy. Look at their iPad lineup. Look at their iPhone lineup. It's true. Yes, that's true. But there's a reason why they do that. There is a reason why they do that. So it really just, I mean, if they found a way to make it work to their advantage of profitability and marketing and such, I'm sure they would probably at least consider it. I just have a hard time believing that that would come to fruition. So, But that's just me. Also, I feel like a ring in and of itself...
1: Its identity has to do a lot with sleekness and like boldness. I feel like Apple doesn't really identify with those two terms necessarily on some products probably, but I feel like Samsung more goes along that route. At
0: least like look yeah, at their watch classic. I see what you're saying. They're not so much about style. I mean, yes, they like to have it be more refined and professional and clean. Okay. That is Apple. Yes. Um, but yeah, I can definitely see where you're, where you're coming from with that. The other thing that I feel like is a really good advantage is a screen. The fact that a ring doesn't have a screen or at least one that's easily damaged versus like an Apple watch or something like that. I mean, I am, you know, I'm always a little more aware of, okay, where's my Apple watch when I'm doing such and such. Right. With a ring, uh, especially if one that didn't have a screen, it's, you know, it's got that outer shielding and cover. So theoretically... I'd be less worried about that. Wait, but, does the Aura 1 have a screen on it? No, I mean, there was something in the article about a screen, but oh. I I don't really think I that... feel like that's
1: pushing limits, at least right now.
0: A, s- a screen on a Oh, in the, the early versions, yeah. I mean, maybe the Galaxy Ring 5 will have it. Who knows? I don't know.
1: Galaxy Ring um, 5.
0: Well, that is that is the actual name that they're actually contemplating.
1: That's actually funny. Because to... Saturn has rings around it galaxy galaxy ring that's actually pretty interesting yeah that that's a really cool thing honestly threads on their part has reportedly lost over half of their original numbers of users and actually zuckerberg said it himself that he actually is not shocked by this since from what he says it tends to happen with newer apps uh he also stated that he's trying to get those users back by showing important threads on instagram I'm not sure entirely what that entails, but it could be just, like, maybe integrating some things off of threads into Instagram. I don't know what that means, again, but it's that's what he's doing, I guess. Um, but regardless, over 50 million users leaving threads is a massive number, uh, clearly. And even though Mark says it's normal for this to happen, I have to ask why that many would up and
0: leave. Um, I think the common ground that he's trying to stand on is people's curiosity is heightened when something is at its newest. Yeah, but even then, it's still... Because, I mean, they're, prob- they're probably just going to, like, see, oh, okay, is this worth it? And then if they don't like it, they'll probably just jump off and be like, oh, okay, maybe I'll come back later. I mean, that's that's just, like, yeah, know, speculation. Yeah, that makes sense. That, it's just... I can kind of see where he's coming from, from a CEO standpoint, but I think he's just trying to nurse his wounds and not make it seem as bad as it could possibly be. I don't know. That's, that's another whole ordeal entirely. So yeah,
1: hopefully hope this doesn't become a huge
0: thread to him, but uh, to close out the show over the past six months or so, we've seen the EU come up with some very interesting policies for tech companies. We've talked about how they are forcing all companies to switch over to USB-C, how they have tried to constrict on what kind of features or specifications should be offered through USB-C, and uh, how they are pretty much gung-ho on forcing manufacturers to produce devices that have easily replaceable batteries. Well, now it's the UK's turn to ruffle some feathers. Latest reports now indicate the UK is in the middle of contemplating whether or not to make revisions to the Privacy Act, that would force messaging services to disable certain security protocols, the foremost of which is end-to-end encryption. Now, the primary reason for this, or at least what they say is the primary reason, is to exercise this revision in events when trying to access the messages of perpetrators, terrorists, or other offenders of the law. The problem many of us see is that they could easily leverage this act in any form of manipulation and just have whatever citizens' messages they want. Exactly. So, and as you can imagine, one of the biggest companies worldwide that stresses privacy as the forefront of their services and products is threatening to jump ship if this change proceeds and is approved. Basically, stating that they will disable iMessage and FaceTime altogether from the UK, as they believe it is far more important to keep within their stance of protected privacy than to allow government's full access to any given user's messaging history.
1: I mean... That makes me angry. Like, that makes me frustrated.
0: There's a lot of people out there that are just really turned off by this. And, you know, rightfully so. And it's not without surprise either, as Apple has done this on more than one occasion here in the States. They have butted heads with the FBI in declining to allow the government access to messaging history on specific phones Mm -hmm. in criminal situations. So, I mean... I this is one of those moments. This is I wouldn't say it's rare anymore because there have been a couple moments where I've been on Apple's side. This is one of those moments where I'm like, okay, Apple, you've got something where I can get on board with. Yep. You know, I'm not like against you on this. I I can I can really see where you're going with this and I'm actually glad that you're one of the trillion dollar companies that's advocating my privacy especially in a government related situation. So, yeah.
1: I can understand to an extent, like, if you're just looking at it from face value and saying, like, it would be nice if if for good intentions, if certain governmental properties actually had information to easy access to actually stop criminals or terrorism, that'd be great. The other side of this is the safety issue, and it's it's choosing the lesser of two evils, honestly, um, I mean, that's what the FBI is. It's an investigation um, yeah. bureau, and it's it's designed to to go in, use all evidence available, and true. find what the perpetrator and everything in it. Um, for secure, because what's going to happen when it's a slippery slope? That's secu- exactly they they start. This is what our mom used to say, and you guys, I give you an inch and you take a mile. Um, yeah. You know, what's going to happen when, you know, this becomes a thing in the U.S. and there's loss of security? And then the next thing goes, could be not even just FaceTime and iMessage. What about like social media apps, your own personal information? Oh,
0: yeah. So even more so, WhatsApp and Signal, who both use end-to-end encryption in their messaging service, also are at an opposition with this move. Signal is going as far as to say that they will also leave the UK if this goes through. So there are more than just one company on board with us saying that they will not tolerate this type of you know violation. So I am all for what they're trying to say yeah. here. And I like you said, I get the government's stance on this. At the same time, I just don't think it's right because. We have seen too many times, if you forget history, you're doomed to repeat it. Right. There's too many times where government is just, you can't trust them. And so I think it's just another repeat offense where if we let it go that far, they will take it. So Exactly. Yeah.
1: I don't have too much else to say necessarily about that. It just, it does anger me that, because like there were certain things that the the EU has done, like all phones have to have USB-C. I can get around that. That makes perfect sense this is one of the things that I'm just not on board with at all. And they just can getting on people's bad side and that's not good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I can, I'll reiterate that part about where they had the replaceable batteries because I can see that either being a pro or con and I, from a manufacturer perspective, I'm like, that can be kind of annoying. This is one of those things where it's not just the manufacturer, it's also the consumer. So there's way too much at stake here. And yeah, I really do agree with this. And, uh, clearly we will keep you guys updated on how this progresses i hope that with the manufacturer's localization on this that this will actually just fall backwards and it won't proceed any farther than it already has so same here but with that said as far as this episode is concerned that will do it for this week uh we will definitely get that debatable episode that was supposed to be released on saturday out uh and for saturday we will catch you guys in the next one this is jd and riley signing off Peace out.